welcome to Flying High on Flutter. Sorry, Flying High with Flutter. Hmm. And I'm with Alejandro. Uh, he's a Flutter developer in... Hello, uh, everybody. Alex. Sorry, where are you from again? Do you mind to introduce yourself a little bit and also talk about where you're from? I am from Angola, Luanda, Africa. Ah, uh, yes. If I remember correctly, you were also on the uh, Flutter Engage video, right? Yes. I was. So, how did you manage to actually? How did you actually manage to get on there? Uh, it was uh, it was a friend of mine that was invited by Team Sniff, the the Flutter uh, Flutter what? Let me remember Flutter uh, Flutter Manager, something like that. He invited Pedro Masango, one friend of mine. To, to join the Flutter Engage event. And there was so many other awesome Flutter developers like Chizzy Aroma, uh, Cynthia, and other Flutter developers, including Pedro Masango. And they were discussing about uh, bringing more people to, to the event. And Pedro Masango told to Team Sniff to invite me to participate too and show my Flutter desktop designs, interface that they made. They think uh, my interface was all awesome and that mm. I must be part of the event. And Tim Smith just invited me and I accepted the invite and, and joined the, the Flutter Engage too, representing Africa with my other colleagues <laughs> from Flutter. So, so how did that actually get started, though? Like, what was the process? Because it seems like they just cut pieces out of an interview and put you into that. Is that right? Uh, actually, I am already part of the community. So most of them already know me, including Team Sniff, because uh, we had something like a competition around Flutter Desktop where uh, some African developers, Flutter developers, started making some awesome interface, some awesome application with Flutter Desktop, pushing forward what Flutter Desktop can do. And it was just the African people participating of this, this kind of competition. And we had some people from Nigeria, Ghana, I think Mozambique too. And there were anybody from Angola, nobody from Angola. So uh, I thought, why not to join and represent Angola on this competition too? So I started making some flat desktop applications. Uh, uh, on that time, at that time, Flutter was just flat desktop was just in beta version or alpha. I, I don't remember. And we were already making great things, great stuff with Flutter Desktop. So the Flutter team was looking to us like, whoa, we even finished to, to make Flutter Desktop and these guys are, are already making beautiful things with it. So uh, let's make it happen. And they start, started looking into us, into us and seeing our work and retweeting and leaving some some good feedbacks on it. So we were kind of joining the Flutter community already 
because of this competition. And it was reaching more and more people and making us connect even more between the flattered Africa community. Was there where I, I know Chiziaro Homa, the fierce flattered Google developer expert in Africa right now, where I, I meet uh, other flattered African flatter developers and Pedro Masango was already known by Google because he was the one of the fierce flatter developers in Angola and one of the fierce notorious flatter developers of Africa. So he kind of have a big connection with Google and Flutter team. And thanks to him, I was invited by Google. And because Tim Sniff already know me and others, other people from the Flutter community know me too. So it was kind of, hey, come on, let's, let's join us. And I was in, nothing too special. That's very special. I mean, not everybody yeah. gets to be on the stage <laughs> with Google, right? Yeah, it's just a question of making things, wait things and try with the people, try with community, not being just closing the box. You need to be open for, for the world and the world should know that you exist. Just it. I would say you're very good at marketing because that's how I caught you is you started to show off your, I think I saw some of your designs in a Facebook group and that's why I decided to reach out to you. Um, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, they're really amazing. Yeah, yes, yes. I. Uh, I like to, to share things I make uh, into the social networks so, because I think it's it's important to let the people know what you're doing. And sometimes people can give you good feedbacks about what you're doing. And sometimes they can improve what you're doing. And people that do this kind of stuff end up growing really fast and, and how can i say yeah you don't have nothing to lose sharing your your things with people and this is what what i try to do because share can can make your your online connection even even stronger and yeah i i want people to know that i'm here and i can do things so Actually, let's let's actually go back to to you, right? Um, yeah. You you said you're from Angolia. Is that actually where you're really from, or you just kind of moved there and working there, or you know, tell us no, some more no, about no. your past? I'm from here. I was born here. Okay. Uh, I was born here. I am a uh, 24 years old, and I never moved out. I always live here. Everything I, I made, my name, uh, the people, everything, it uh, resides here. Uh, Angola, it's uh, an Africa country. We share borders with Republic Democratic, uh, with the Democratic Republic of Congo, Zambia, Namibia, and and with uh, with the Atlantic Ocean. I live in the capital, Luanda, 
and we we here don't don't have so many fatty developers like other countries like Nigeria, Ghana, and yes, other big countries that are really making things, great things with Flutter. We have a small community, Flutter Angola, that is really growing fast, really fast, and people are starting understanding that Flutter can give them more advantage in relation to the other competition. And our community is, is becoming, becoming even stronger. And I just started working with Flutter because of a friend of mine from here, Luanda Tu. His name is Valio Casule. He actually was the first guy in our country that makes something with Flutter that our people from here uh, know about it because he made a, an application uh, on the early stage of Flutter, I think it was in 2017, and Google just liked what he did and, in, and invite him to, to travel to, to the United States and join a big Google event about Flutter. He met the Flutter team on this event and we kind of uh, became surprised about Google take some somebody from Angola and pay everything including the travel to the United States and join uh, a real a physic Google event because of an application so people started started seeing that Flutter actually had future and we start looking into Flutter and making some some applications but it was just wasn't just Value Casoli that brought me to Flutter I, I saw also Flutter becoming even more uh, popular into social networks like Facebook and Twitter but I was I was um, trying to not become a mobile developer because I, I had no good experience with mobile development. I started from web, I, I started as a front-end web developer, then I became a back-end developer. And the first time I tried to, to make something with mobile, it was like, it's too hard to, to make small things. And the, the hard thing for me was to customize interface because I am the kind of people that like to, to have control of everything in the UI. And the solutions at the time wasn't good enough for me to have the full control of what I want to do, like Xamarin wasn't good, the Ionic wasn't good too, it was, was getting worse on each release and I think there was there was what else red native uh, but all these platforms was really hard to to maintain a good user interface so I prefer to to not try them and just uh, 
limit limit myself to front end things and back end things just web not mobile and some years later i see that flutter i read i read i read a post about flutter how it works and i was amazed about one thing in particular flutter is like a, a paper or a whiteboard and a whiteboard if you have a pencil you can do whatever you want you just need to know how to do it on that whiteboard and you you are your own limit so mm. the whiteboard is your you bring your pencil and design whatever you want and that was impressive for me because if flutter give me this this all this freedom it actually means that all those problems that i was afraid about other platforms were not problems for flutter so i decided myself to to make something with flutter and was there where i made my first flutter application an application for the the most the most big company uh, Sainima company for our country. I, I don't know if if you understand what Sainima means. No, what's what's that? Maybe you can tell us. Sainima. Uh, 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 how how can I I say it in English? It's like a collection of movie movie theaters where people can okay. can watch uh, no movies and in a big screen. Oh, the cinema, right? Uh, yeah. You mean the cinema? Cinema, That's cinema right. or theater? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. So I, I made a, I made the, the 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 website from this company. I made the API, the dashboard, but it was was everything um, based on web technologies. That there, there was not an application. So I decided to make the application too, and I made it with Flat in just two weeks. Just two weeks, I made the whole application uh, for the this company, and I was amazed because I made the application with a great design, a, a good UI, and it was really fast. It was a an application really, really, really fast. And one of the requisites of the clients was that the application should work on all devices, and it was even fast, even for all devices, something that the other, the other platforms uh, were not good at that time. So that started my thing with Flutter. Uh, I started making other applications, but nothing, nothing too commercial because I'm not a freelance, freelance developer. I always work for, for a company. And yeah, I think this was two years ago by now and that's it so you built this application in two weeks like what what was the response of the the company then were they blown away and or, or were they just like okay thank you goodbye because there's some companies that i think i do a really amazing job when i write something for them and then they just say okay great and for me i'm like wait a minute you don't understand this is this is not easy <laughs> so how, how how was your how was their response uh they like they like the application too much but 
there was a problem. Uh, too much, too much. Big. They like the application too much. Uh, but there was a problem. It's because they already paid another company to make the application because I made the application without told them that I was working on it. I just made just as uh, as a hobby, and they already paid another company to make the to make code that application, and they publish the the application they paid for, and this is the application that is right now on the the stores, but it was too expensive to just throw it into the trash and bring my mine and replace mm. the old one so we was we was into some conversations to for them to buy my application but covid the, this covid situation make everything worse because people can't really use cinemas uh, with all this situation right now because yeah. we need to keep distance and the company end up without resource and this make everything complicated so we are not talking about this this deal anymore by now but i think they will reach me uh, someday when everything mm uh get back to normal and maybe i can sell it <laughs> but okay. yeah, they they want the application what, what, what exactly do you do for work by the way because you do say you're always working for a company right so are you doing uh, uh client work and you're working at like an agency or what are you actually doing for work uh, right now i am a senior software developer at itgest a company from portugal but it's here in Angola and what I do is to develop some some front-end stuff and back-end things like service and some solutions and give give uh, a, a hand to, to the team and right now I'm I'm also working as as a mobile developer I am uh, in other words, I'm a generic developer and I do whatever we, we need. I don't have a, a specific technology or platform. I work with everything since it makes sense for, for the problem we, we want to solve. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like me. I just do whatever I need to do in order to get, get things done. Yeah. So that's just kind of what you have to do when you become a senior developer, I think. Spend a lot of time just yes, yeah. But uh, how did you actually get into programming? First of all, I mean, is this something you studied in the school, or what's kind of your story about how you, you went to programming? Um, since kid, I I was that kind of kid that always loved to know how things work, everything, everything, how everything works, including how physics works how how can uh, a robot work how can my tv work how can enable uh, uh how can i say yeah how the how our world works 
basically. So I grew up trying to understand how everything works, and and when my 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 mother uh, bog when my mother bog me some something like a, a robot for me to to I don't know how to say in English. Linka, let me see here and just. Just a, a moment. Uh, ah, to to play. My mother always, all times. My mother bring me something to to play, like a robot. I I was the kind of of kid that unmount the robot to see what's inside of it, how the engine works, and try to to understand everything. And this, I was a curious, a curious kid. So the first time I I have uh, contact with a, a cell phone, I I I always want to know everything about it, how it works, how how can it uh, make a phone call, how can it send SMS, how can it play games, and I I I was always exploring everything at i think 1600% about that device and this was part of me till many years later when i had my first contact with with a computer and i really enjoy games playing the most common games in the world vice city gta san andreas and Mortal Kombat and everything. So I I started searching on the internet about code to to play this game. Like I don't know if you play GTA San Andreas. We had some codes to make things happen, like get infinity life and all these stuff. So I end up uh, going into websites that teach me how to crack games. And from there, I started seeing some sites suggesting me to to know how to work with batch programming. That was a a scripting scripting language for Windows to automate some some things that I need to crack some games. And then I started understand how scripting works, and I started learning some language like uh, Bash, like uh, um, NSI no soft integrated system or something like that in visual basic where i i coded some some visual basically using macros on the microsoft office i don't remember how how my nature to to do this kind of stuff but yeah and then i started like to to make things like viruses I I was thinking that I was a hacker, but I wasn't. I just uh, was making things with some computers, deleting the whole HD and nothing, nothing too too uh, too relevant. But there was there were I started that, and then I learned HTML and started uh, reading HTML codes from every site. And 
I decided to learn how to, to, to make websites. So I started learning HTML and CSS. And then I made my first uh, secondary school project where I, I made a, a full uh, school management system with PHP, HTML and CSS. Actually, it was a social network with a, a school med, med, management system where people can see their notes, their, they uh, can see the everything about them in the school. Uh, teachers can, can send them tasks to make, uh, schedule them time. Uh, people can, can upload files, take pictures and make posts on the social network and everything just in one system. That was my first application, a management system plus a social network. And after I end, end the, the secondary school, I started working with C Sharp. I, I, if I remember, I got, I got to a Brazilian website where they suggest two, two books, one of Java, Java and other for C Sharp. So that I, I need to decide if I want to, to use C Sharp or Java. So I see that Java have a pretty, I like to, like to see good code. Quality in code is, it's really important for me. And Java was was not have not a good code like C Sharp. It was like a bit of confusion for me. So I decided to, to use C Sharp. And then I started working with desktop development. The first thing I, I worked at was uh, Windows Form applications with C Sharp, mm. where I I had some problem there because what really bring me to desktop development was the UI. I want to make beautiful UIs and Windows Phone applications were like uh, limited uh, to UI. They are just components, already made components that you just need to use and you, can, you can't really customize them. And then I started searching on Google like session things like how to customize a, a test field for Windows Forms and the kind of customizations I searched for, I end up always on Stack Overflow with answers like, you can do that with Windows Form. You need to use WPF because Windows Forms is limited. And what you, you want to do, you, you need to learn how to make it with WPF. But I was, a bit resistant about WPF because it that's another technology. I have already knowledge about Windows Forms and I don't really want to spend some more time learning WPF. But after some time, I get boring about Windows Form and I decided to start working with WPF that stands for Windows, Windows, uh, I don't remember. Windows Presentation Foundation. Yeah. Windows Presentation Foundation, something like that. And it was it was really amazing because WPF can give you um, 
don't know if that's true, but unlimited control over your interface and your components. You can uh, actually customize mostly everything in the, in the UI. I remember that some things were really were really hard to customize, but most everything is easy to customize. And there were awesome projects made with WPF, but there was something uh, that I didn't understand. Why WPF is so powerful, but people on Windows keep making uh, bad UIs when we have WPF available. And I don't know this answer till now because we keep seeing bad UIs on, on Windows applications. And right now people are saying that WPF is dying. So I don't know if we are going to see beautiful application for Windows right now. But well, how do you say how do you I, say I, what's beautiful? I say how do you say what's beautiful and what's not beautiful? Um, <laughs> that's hard to, to answer. But let me say, um, I, I this is this is something about. Uh, it's personal. I like in, I, li I like minimalistic interface. Um, how less information your interface have for me, it's really important. I, I prefer interface that have, have a, a beautiful, a beautiful distribution of information and a well-organized hierarchy of information too. Also, I I need some some uh, right choices on colors and spacement between components and font sizes and things about accessibility and and original originals user interface. Something that at that time I didn't see a lot because everything, every software looks like the same. They were using the same components, the same colors, the same font size, the same font, because at that time, all softwares were using CGO UI. That's a Microsoft user interface or user font. And I don't remember to see any application with a different font for Windows. And then I, I see that, well, let's try to get back to, to HTML and CSS because there I have a very big diversity of user interfaces and maybe there I can really feed my mind with what I want to see, some things different and, and challenges. Yes, so I decide to, to to stop making desktop application and start making web applications again. Was there that I I started working with Pug, with uh, SAS, with uh, uh, SAS, uh, Pug, Webpack, Gulp, uh, what else? Bam, Smacks. Things, things like that. And I discovered Drybo. 
at that time. And tribal was really what I, I was looking for all my life because it was hard for me to, to find some awesome interface and what uh, user interface design designers were doing. So when I discovered Dribble was like, well, I find the universe that I were, I were looking for all this time. And then I'm not really a, a UX designer. I'm just, a, I'm not either a UI designer. I just know lot of interface. I feed my mind with lot of interface over the last years. And because of this, it's like a, a AI, OIA, uh, artificial intelligence. How, how much data you collect and, and, and uh, understand and more precise your things you start doing related to the context of that data uh, you can get. So I started feeding my mind with beautiful user interface and without learning anything, without uh, reading books or seeing videos, I started making some good interface because I, I, I got the pattern between all those beautiful interface and I could start seeing what is good and what's not, uh, even without can technically speak about what's wrong, but I could say, oh, I think uh, you, you should use a stronger font with a bold because the text is, is small and it should get more emphasis for the kind of information you're showing. And those components are, are not related. So I think you should split them or put this one into another page and this one a bit more up so people can 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 see it more clearly and yeah i started making some some good interfaces but nothing professional because i'm not really a ui or ux expert and if you are a ux expert you cannot touch that looking into my Facebook design. <laughs> it is beautiful, it is sample because people say it is beautiful and sample and some people say it is even beautiful than the actually Facebook design. But if you you if you are a professional UX designer you will notice that that interface have has some problems. And I will I will talk about that a bit later. But yeah, okay. I started working with, with, with web development. I work, uh, then I started working as, as a backend developer with, with PHP. And then I worked as a backend developer with, uh, with, uh, uh, ASP.NET, ASP.NET MVC4 and ASP.NET, ASP.NET Core with .NET Core or ASP.NET Sync 5. And then I started also working with, Node.js as backend developer, it's what I mostly work right now into the backend and making microservice services, working with Apache Kafka, and Elasticsearch, and MongoDB. And I am already working with Flutter into my company. We are building some applications 
some great applications, big applications, it's been challenging, but yeah, that's it. So you're working on some Flutter apps in your current uh, company, which are actually large applications, right? Yes, very large so, applications. Uh, your microphone is a little bit scratchy right now. Sorry, sorry. It's okay, no worry about that. Uh, what I wanted to ask, which is, I think, one of the most difficult questions in Flutter, what do you use to manage your state? <laughs> uh, this is kind of a hot I topic, I think. You. It seems everybody has their own yes, style, yes, yes. and everybody, some yes. people are so upset about it, too, that they actually get a little bit angry. But how do you do it? Um, I can tell you that I started with what I started with first. I started with uh, uh, I don't remember the name. It's something model. I, I don't know the name. A shared model or user model, something like that. Uh, let me see here. But I don't remember. But firstly, I start with with a state a state management that was really worse for the application I was I was making. It was a bad decision, a really bad decision. So I I changed it from that state state management to to block Flutterblock, and Flutterblock had some big issues too, mainly the verbosity of the code, because. For everything, for every state you want to manage, you need to, to declare a class. For every different state you want, you need to, to make a, a, a class and put fields on it. So it's kind of boring because you need to make a lot of ifs if uh, uh, this instance is of type the name of the class, do something else if this this instance is of this kind of class do this thing and the code is uh, st uh, start becoming really really verbose mainly if you have uh, too many different states for just one operation and this was really really boring for me then then flutter blocks uh, Launched something called Qubit that was really amazing for me because it solved the problem from write to, for, for the need of write a lot of classes for each state. And I don't really need to, to add a class into a stream to, to make the, the reaction, to track the reaction. I just call a method and it tracked everything. And then something that I really like about Qubit is it's because it work, works with a package called Freezed. And this package uh, makes me stop working with classes and start, actually, I I'm still working with classes, but I am not the responsible for generating code. Freezed takes the responsibi responsibility to generate the code for each state and I just uh, take the the content that physics generate and use into my interface with something that I really like. Uh, it has uh, an instance that returns a lot of methods 
instead of classes. And these methods is what you really use. And the, all those methods are self-explanatory because you call the freezer generated code and it has a, a method called when. So what when do, does is when you call when for each each uh, state that you declared on your class you call when and the state and basically what it does is when the state you call that is a method uh, was the actual the the current state of of uh, the operation you're doing you execute the code inside the, that method and this was really beautiful for me because all those if statements that I was uh, how can I say I get right that get right of all those if statements that block that flutter block uh, make me use into my code and replace it with just one when instance and a lot of methods and this make my my code really simple but flutterblock had another issue sometimes you need to make things out of flutter you don't have access to the flutter context so you it's hard for you to make some operations when you don't have the flutter context visible for you uh, and you need to make some workarounds that sometimes can get ugly and make your code not good enough and you can end up uh, adding too many too many block instances into your flutter tree something that i i really don't like because for every block you need to use you need to declare somewhere else into somewhere into your flutter code and i think that business logic should not rely into ui code flutter is just ui code and i need to to separate separate as much as possible these two layers and flutter block yeah flutter block can solve this problem but i find i found another another state management that does it better because with flutter block you have another issue you need uh flutterblock it's it's not good for dependence injection so i was relying on get it that's another another package and also a state management uh for flutter but yeah get it is is really good for the dependence injection but rely on flutterblock and get it can really make a large project a pain to maintain so then i I saw on Twitter about a state management called Riverpod. That's, this is the state management I'm using right now, Riverpod. And one, two facts I really love it about Riverpod is first, because Riverpod can be used as a dependency injection and service. And this is really awesome because I can get rid of have to install another package just for manage my my dependent my dependencies 
and and with a pod have something with it too. That's the second thing. Riverpod don't don't really relies on Flutter. Riverpod can work without Flutter, and you don't really need the context to to trigger some some state. You just just need to to have access to the provider that you have previously declared and call that provider. And if you need Flutter, yes, you can use the Flutter the Flutter Riverpod. I think this is the, the this is how the package is called and if you don't need it you you can even use um riverpod as a state management for backend for that backend and that's awesome because i can find i can trigger uh, some states out of the flutter code and get those states reflected into the flutter code without uh, those layers know each other so this is really good when we are talking about testing our interface in an isolated environment and testing our business logic decoupled from our user interface too. This is really great, mainly where we are talking about maintainability. Okay, and so I right now use Riverpod for everything, for all my projects, but this is kind of risky because Riverpod is just, uh, a, it's, it is basically an alpha version, so it can break at any time and use it into a big project can be a problem, but I don't think it, it, it can be a problem that I can't solve without a reject, I, I think. I can just go to VS Code and use some rejects and do, and do a global replacement and everything will be all right. That's what I expect <laughs> because things not always work like we expect. But yeah, Riverpod, it's my statement nature right now. It's not the best. The best depends on the use case, but right now it is handling everything smoothly for me. Okay, that's good to know because actually I'm using Flutterblock and GitX, I think, for the dependency management, like you said. I'm pretty happy with that, but it does get, there is some annoying parts that I run into. So, um, yeah, I, I'm thinking to actually start to try off Riverpod. That's, it's on my list. Just haven't had a moment. I, I forgot to, to mention some, some things about Riverpod. Sure. Uh, Riverpod has, have some some great features and one that I, I really like is called auto dispose. Auto dispose uh, works like you don't need to dispose your your block. You don't well, your block your uh, how can I say? You close your stream, right? You don't need to dispose the instance that is your stream. Yeah. You don't need to close your stream because Riverpod have uh, a feature called auto dispose that if you use it to declare your providers, it will automatically dispose everything about uh, your dependencies, dependencies and your stream into the Flutter code. And this is, this is really awesome. I think uh, Block does it too, does it too. Uh, since you, you use your block directly into your Flutter interface. And if you call the block directly into the widget tree 
and you you exit your interface it will dispose everything for you but Riverpod can do it I don't know how to explain how how it works I recommend people to to check the Riverpod documentation but Mm-hmm. This this feature is is really good. Okay, it's good it's good to know what you use. So I have to start looking at it. Um, there is something I did want to ask you, right? So you you've you are kind of like a Renaissance man, as you say, right? You try different things. Uh, what do you think Flutter is? Yes, is good for, and what do you think Flutter is not good for? Uh, Flutter Flutter is good for 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 cases where you need, where your application relies more on user interface interactions. If you want to, de- to deploy something fast, that is, it's just user interface interactions and internet things like APIs, calls, uh, file uploads, nothing too native. Yeah, Flutter can, can handle it really good and Flutter is, is good for uh, graphical applications really graphical applications if you if you try to to use Flutter to make something that is too tied to the platform specific, specifically to the platform I don't think Flutter is is the best solution uh, I'm talking about applications that really need to explore uh as near as possible the platform where the the application is working like facebook applications instagram applications applications that need to explore the hardware and the native api and this kind of applications will can become really hard to maintain if you try to make them with flutter but if your application don't rely too much on the platform, but rely more into the interface, into the interaction between the interface and a web API or things like that, more simple, simple things like that, I think Flutter is really good. Um, now, what Flutter isn't good for? Um, I'm. I will talk about Flutter in general because when people hear Flutter, the first thing they think it's about the mobile development, but Flutter is more than that. And one thing that Flutter isn't really good for is for text-based web pages. If you are trying to make an application that needs to, to be available to search engines like the Google engine, Yahoo, Big, Bing engine. And you have, for example, a news, news website. Fatty isn't a good use case for, for this, for this case because this kind of, of solution relies on text content and the way Fatty works, don't let search engines uh, index your website and this can be really bad uh, for this use case because system giants are uh, they hit for uh, news websites and heavy content based websites and you will lose something really important that's up i'm talking about seal 
and I don't think you, yes, you want a cross-platform solution, but lose your seal because you want to use Flutter and Flutter because Flutter is a, a multi-platform solution. I don't think it's a, a good, a good choice. And another thing that I think Flutter isn't good for. I don't know. I think that I think Flutter it it isn't just good for uh, specific platform things and the web because people some people are are, are looking into Flutter uh, mainly Flutter web as a solution for them to not learn HTML CSS and JavaScript and how how the web works because Flutter web I I know that I know Flutter and I can start making. Uh, making websites with Flutter without no CSS, HTML, JavaScript. Flutter is the solution. So I don't need to, to understand those things. And this is wrong because uh, Flutter is it's really far away from replace the, the web we have. Because the web, the web we have is it's a result of long years of experience. Is a result of uh, a big, a big community and a very old community and experience that was was collected from a lot of years. That's why we we have the web so flexible as we we have now. And Flutter is just giving the first steps into the web. So there are that we 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 have. A lot of things to do in Flutter to to use it as a replacement for web. I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think this is the intention, the idea of the Flutter team. But yeah, people can't see the Flutter web as a solution to not lean web and start building everything that all day clients start asking about web with Flutter. This can be can be dangerous because think uh, you don't know how how session giants works, and you got you have a, a big client asking you to make a big website that will rely on SEO, but you don't know what SEO is, and you will make all this website with Flutter Web, and you will start having performance issues, and you will start having your client asking you why my website is not appearing on the first pages on Google. So you already made everything. That means trouble for you because there are there is no solution for it right now. <laughs> so I think it's important to people to understand the use cases for Flutter and, and not. Something that Flutter is really good for is uh, heavy graphical applications like Rive. I don't know if people know about Rive. Rive, Rive is an application to make an animations with uh, with Flutter, and that's one of the biggest use cases I can provide for you right now because uh, Rive it's like the exactly uh, successful use case for Flutter because. It is a tool, not a website. It is a tool and a, a graphical tool. 
an animation tool that lets people make animations really easy. And one of the big advantage of use Rivet it's because it is cross-platform. It uses Flutter and Flutter because Flutter works with Canvas and the Canvas is available in most all platforms because it's just a space into the interface that you're free to paint whatever you want. Then Rive is available for all platforms too. So that's really awesome and a good use case for Flutter. Another beautiful use case that does, doesn't exist yet but I would love to see would be a alternative to Adobe XD because Flutter provides everything we need to have uh, an alternative to Adobe XD. Right now, I use Linux as my main platform and I don't have Adobe XD for Linux. We don't have. That's something that we are requesting uh, from, I think, four years or three years and they are not making Adobe XD available for us. But now with the arrival of Flutter, I think we have everything to bring some solutions or, or even the Adobe start thinking to use Flutter as a solution to bring Adobe XD for us because Linux, uh, we have a lot of UI designers and UX designers using adopting Linux as their platform. And when we want to make our design to meet, we need to, to make dual boot into our computers or have a Mac to, to install Adobe XD. And this is bad because not everybody has this, this patience or has, have time to, to switch from one platform to other just to use some, some tool. And this is a pretty big market. And I think that this is an, an opportunity for everybody that are seeing this, this episode to start thinking about uh, this opportunity to make something really great for the community or something paid, we don't mind, that uh, we can use cross-platform on web, on desktop, and maybe on, on tablet to make our designs. And yeah, Flutter would be a, a great use case for it. And another great use case for it uh, would be a, a paint application for kids, for example. I think uh, right now with Flutter, we could make a paint application that is available for all platforms and all, all kinds of people, all kinds of devices. And this would, would be really great because People without a computer, but with a phone would uh, do the same thing as the people with the computer and people without, uh, uh, without uh, internet connection available could have the same application running offline into the phone, into the PC. Uh, people that does not have a desktop or a phone, but in some way can use a web browser could use the same solution into the browser you could even use the same solution into a tv a smart tv with a web browser and this is pretty awesome and i think uh, i think we 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 can make a lot of things with flutter it's just a question of uh learning how flutter works 
and start uh, uh, hunting ideas to to implement with it. Yeah, I totally agree. Did you see the Flutterfolio? Yes, uh, that's a a pretty good application. It's a hard work. It's a great example of what you're talking about, right? Where you create kind of one thing you could use in the browser, tablet, etc. Uh, one of these days I have to actually yes. download it and tear through it to see how the whole thing works because I'm quite interested to see how we could do this. Everybody says, oh, yeah, write once and run everywhere. But that one really looks like you could really do it. So I'd love to see how the whole thing works. I, 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 made, I, I made an application. Firstly, we made it for tablets. And then the Flutter desktop arrived. So we just recompiled the same application for Flutter desktop without change any any line of code. It just worked. And the client was amazed because he works more uh, on the computer than on the phone or the tablet. So we we made we made uh, we solve a big problem from him because we he do most of of his his things on the computer and have the same software on the computer was like uh, uh, a really great solution for him. And then Flutter Web came too, and we deployed the same application for the web and. First time he did, he said, oh, I don't need the web version because I, I am always on the computer. And yeah, computer is most fast. The web is, is uh, have a, a bad performance and yeah, things that the Flutter team is, is solving right now. But one day he was without uh, his phone. He was without his computer, but he had a tablet with him with internet. So he he called us asking, "Oh, I need to to get inside the admin panel right now, but I I have no ask because I I have no I have I haven't the phone with me, I haven't the computer, and my boss is is going to kill me. Please save me." And what we did was to go to Heroku and put the Flutter application, the version, the web version of the Flutter application into Heroku. So we sent him the, the URL and he did the same he does and the, on the Flutter desktop on the tablet via web browser. And yeah, the problem was solved in, in minutes. So it was fantastic because if Flutter wasn't uh, this, 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 I see Flutter as the really only one uh, cross-platform solution right now because I don't know another platform that is on web, on desktop, and mobiles. The other solution says they cross-platform, but they just on mobile, not on desktop, on desktop, not on mobile, and that's it. But Flutter is everything in one. For me, it's the true, the truly cross-platform, and the proof of it was this example that I, I I said here because if Flutter wasn't what uh, what he is right now, this kind of cross-platform, this client, uh, uh, wasn't going to to have a big trouble with it, <laughs> and we prevent that with the help of Flutter. And right now the application is running on the web too, and he uses 
as a fallback, not not the main application. That's that's something that I want to to say here too. Flutter Web is good. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Flutter Web is good as a fallback, not uh, not uh, as a main main solution. I I see Flutter Web as a fallback because uh, I have some performance issues. It is better now, but it was was uh, was uh previous uh, previously uh, right now it is better but it keeps having some some performance issues and some accessibility issues so as a fallback it fits really good and for some others use cases it is good but it's not not good enough to to replace a flutter desktop solution because one thing about flutter desktop is that its frames per seconds are really smooth. It can really make use of the GPU and run smoothly in relation to the Flutter web. And the same, the same goes to to, to Flutter for mobile. The the animation, the scroll, and everything runs really smoothly on those platforms than the Flutter web. So for me, I prefer to use Flutter web as a fallback not as the main solution like a client can come come to me and say oh i want this solution and the first thing i will think is to use flutter web this can happen but i think it's a, a, a an exception not a common case okay that's that's good to know it's good to know that people are actually using the flutter web i don't know i think i know of anybody using it until now uh i tried it uh, actually, on Friday, I was pretty happy with it. I did have some issues when I was developing. I had to actually kill the app and then restart it in order to have like the, like for some reason the hot reload just stopped working after some time. It's happened quite a few times yeah. over a period of three hours. Yeah. Otherwise, it's been it's been pretty good. Uh, it was quick to get everything done, but yeah, it wasn't as good as iOS or Android. That's for sure. What what I suggest is to develop the Flutter web using Flutter Desktop, because mm -hmm. Flutter web have some issues with the hot reload, but Flutter Desktop doesn't. So if you do the same with Flutter Desktop, you're going to end with the same solution. So you can make Flutter web with Flutter Desktop. It's it's basically the same thing. And I use Flutter Desktop to develop uh, mobile applications with Flutter. It's kind of the same thing. When I'm uh, making user interface, I use Flutter Desktop because I don't need to rely on platform specific things. So it's more fast to use Flutter Desktop yeah. and you just need to, to readjust your, your screen size uh, as a mobile screen size. And yeah, you can deploy, develop your application, your mobile application with Flutter Desktop. It's more fast. The hot reload is more fast because it is communicating directly to the host platform. It don't, doesn't need to send anything to a mobile phone. It doesn't need to send anything to a browser. It's your, your host machine. Everything runs really fast when the communication is based on the same machine. Okay. I'll so try I that in the to, future then. To develop. That's a good tip. Uh, actually, I think we're running out of time. Sadly, I'd love to keep talking with you, and I know you kind of prepared a demo. 
So maybe we can have you come back sometime soon and then we can focus on the demo. Or if yes, that's okay yes, with yes, you. I, uh, yeah, sure. We can. We can. I actually make something here. I don't know if I can take one, three minutes more just to, to show it. I sure, prepared sure, exclusive, sure. Go ahead. exclusively for this presentation. I have something okay. here. Uh, let me just compile it. I will share my screen. Sure. Yes. Let me compile. It was a challenge that I find on, on LinkedIn on a friend of mine. He made an application with, with uh, uh, a library called, uh, what's the name of the library? Uh, Petico.js. It's a web library to make particles. And I decided to make the same thing with Flutter. It's basically this animation. You move the mouse and it will, will reveal the, the image behind the, the dark background. If I stop moving the mouse, all the animation will stop and hide the, the image behind it. But if I move it, whatever, I move the mouse, it will show the image behind. It was a, a really awesome challenge. I like it. But since we are running out of time, I will talk about it another time. But yeah, yeah I will yeah. share the code into the link and everybody who wants to, to read it, just click on the link and you will gain access. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter to ask anything. And that's it. I hope you, you like the, this episode. Well, there is something that we always try to end with, which is, uh, so this podcast is mostly for, I would say, kind of beginners slash intermediate people who kind of want to level up. And so my question would be, uh, do you have any tips for maybe beginners or people who are kind of starting out in their journey and then maybe they need to, you know, I don't know, like give me tips for people because it sounds like a really good tip you have is, develop using the desktop mode on your desktop. And that's a pretty good tip, I think. Anything else you want to share? Um, tips for people starting. Let me think. Uh, I have a tip uh, for people that want to join Flutter but is afraid of. Uh, one of the first, uh, first, first uh, uh, things that make people don't want to join Flutter is the the amount of codes that a single component can have. If you see for the first time uh, a Flutter code, a, a Flutter yes, a Flutter code. Every Flutter code is a user interface code. So every for the first time you you see a Flutter code, you're going to to notice that Flutter codes seems pretty big because some people put everything in just one widget. And sometimes you can break your, your widget into small components, but uh, it still being uh, a, a big code just for one component. Uh, sometimes you, can, you can't uh, prevent that. But that's not a problem. That's not a thing to fear because you just see that code as a big code if you can understand what, what that means. It's, it's like a book. Uh, you just see the size 
as a big size if you can't understand the content of the book. Once you understand what's inside, once you can read and see and read as something interesting, you will see that the size doesn't matter. So if you are afraid about the, about the size of the flat, I, I suggest you to just starting making things with Flutter because once you understand what each line of code means and what it is doing on that code, you will see that the Flutter code, it's not so big as you may see when you can't understand. And yeah, that's, that's a good tip because something that prevented me to start with Flutter more early was that the code was really too, too big even for small things, but that's just what your eyes are seeing, not what the code, the content really is. And another tip, another tip, and uh, you need to, to pat your hands into Flutter. You need really, you don't really need to dive hard into Flutter, but you need to make, to start making things. Uh, don't, you don't need to care about make, making a, better, a perfect thing. You just need to start making something because it's with your hands in the work that you will really understand how Flutter works and get the experience that Flutter needs, that you need to, to make an application. Uh, if you just uh, read books, read the documentation, but you really don't take time to try to make something, this may be a problem for you because yeah, Flutter looks like a big thing. The documentation is big, uh, but once you start making things, you will see that Flutter is so easy. I learned it in two weeks and yeah, you can, you can even make a lot of money too easily with, with Flutter, but yeah, it's just a question of start making something. Somebody don't, just don't. asked us a question. Actually, they asked us mm -hmm. if they if you actually recommend using Flutter for web development at the moment. It depends on on the the solution you need. It depends on the use case. Uh, as I said, if you're going to to build something that relies too much on text content and that needs SEO to appear on search engines like Google. Uh, Flutter Web isn't good enough right now. If your application relies too much in accessibility things like uh, people with uh, limited limited uh, access into computers, phones, things like that, accessibility in general, Flutter isn't good right now too. So this kind of, of, of problems can be solved by Flutter. And if your application relies on this kind of solutions, uh, I, I recommend you to not use Flutter. But if you want to, to make something more graphical, more, more graphically based, like a, a tool or something like that, my, Flutter may be a, a good choice for you, but it's up to you to, to make a research about it and make the right choice. It, mm. It depends on on the solution you want. Yeah, I think the Flutter team basically says, you know, if you're going to be doing like a web app, which doesn't require SEO, then it would be okay. Heavy UI, things like that. 
But if it's more text-based, like you said before, and you need the SEO, of course, then yeah, probably not at this point. But in the future, they said they want to fix that, I believe. So that's good to know. But is I there think, anything I else? Think, Sorry, I Brian? think this this future is uh, will take will take time because we have two sol two solutions. One solution is to inject text uh, text code into the Flutter into the HTML behind the canvas on the web. But this is going to make the our application our web application even even more big even big because the Flutter code uh, it's big. And inject text, uh, out, out text code inside the Flutter code is going to make it even bigger. So that's a, a bad solution. We, on web, we need things to be as small as possible. And another solution, what I, this, this is my personal opinion. Another solution that will take a lot of time is to change how, how, how Search Engine, Engines works. Because search, right now, search engines rely on text, uh, text content. But if uh, in some way we change them to understand graphic, graphic content too, they're going to solve the flatter problem. But this, this is uh, a big investment and it's going to take really too much time and too much resources because we are talking about uh, vision recognition. And, it needs to to see a picture and and understand what's inside. So this is a big challenge, and it's one of the the solutions. I hope uh, will solve the flatter not 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 only the flatter problem, but the single page applications in general problems. And yeah, that's what what I think. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to give, like maybe a shout out to something or, or how to connect with you or anything like that? Uh, yes, I, I want to thank Sal and, and the Panglora team from, for this, this unexpected invitation. I, I confess that I wasn't really expecting <laughs> something like that uh, on my email and it was a, an honor for me to, to be here talking to, to Alan. So I can see that you 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 are some some nice guy with a lot of things to share and trying to make something great for us for for the community and it's it's good to be here to be invited by people like you to to share some knowledge and I hope this uh, this is not the only invitation I'm going to to get from you and I'm available for more invites to talk about that. Uh, I hope to, to be more, more, more ready and with a bit, a better English <laughs> to speak for you. And yeah, uh, we had a lot of questions, of course, to answer, but the time isn't, isn't enough. And I really appreciate your invitation and hope, uh, you keep doing what you're doing and you can count with me for whatever you want and yeah that's it yeah i mean our you already have the link right so feel free to schedule another time if you'd like to to kind of go over something just let me know what you want to go over and if you have anybody that you think that we need to highlight with or talk with of course you can introduce them to us of course so uh we're glad you took the time to 
talk with us. Uh, the timing is not so good. So I don't know. Right now it's about yeah. 10.30, almost 10.30 in Hong Kong, 10.30 p.m. I think it must be what Whoa. time? What time is it for you? Um, 3 p.m. here. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So it's it's okay. I mean, I don't mind to stay up late as long as I, you know, we get a chance to you know share something with the community, like you said. So yeah, the next time we we are going to make something more yearly for you, maybe two or three hours yearly, and you can stay more time. Up to you. I just want to make sure that you uh, you know that you're ready for us. And again, uh, because I did want to go over your your demo, right? So. It, whenever you're ready, I know you had some things going on recently. So if you're ready, you know, feel free to schedule it and we can uh, do a demo of your, your work because we didn't even get a chance to talk about that. Sure. Sure. So, again, thank you All for right. joining. Well, looking forward thank to you coming you. back. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.